feeling a lot of pressure. Is it because we were in The Guardian? <laughs> yes, and yes. An actual national newspaper. And I feel like people who aren't our friends might be listening <laughs> for once. Given that when we first started this, we thought it'd literally be your mum and a couple of mates. Mm. It's kind of got a bit out of control, hasn't it? In a good way. In a, yes, in a, in a good way. But I'm feeling a lot of pressure to be funny and or informative. Okay. I mean, I quite like it when you're funny and informative most of the time. But I like it too, but I don't know whether I can do it on demand. It's <laughs> so funny. And be informative at the same time. Yes, yeah. Um, just in case anyone missed it, because we've been ranting on about it all week uh, on our socials. God, can I get on away with... On our socials. Can I get away with saying socials? No, I, I think we should scrap that. <laughs> <laughs> on our socials. Yeah, on the socials. That's the pressure I'm feeling. I'm yeah, talking. yeah. So, neither, neither funny nor informative. So on the gram, on Insta. I'll be quiet. Um, yeah, The Guardian featured ourselves and Blake in an article mm. uh, this week. Um, we'd... It was our wedding anniversary. We'd just been out for Sunday lunch. Got back. I went for a little lie down, having it too much. And Elaine came running into the room, said, "Run the Guardian! Run the Guardian! Run the Guardian!" We've been waiting for it a while. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's, but we didn't know when we it didn't know when it was going to come out. And then we found it. You must have had a alert set up for it, did you? I did. Yeah, because yeah. the um, the author of the article, Molly. Um, who's a fantastic writer, I have been following her for the past few months um, because, let's say, we've been waiting a little while for it to come out. We were interviewed, I think it was back in, was it June, July time? Well, you were. Something like that. Yeah, 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 I was. Because I can talk for Britain. So uh, Molly spoke to me for about an hour and uh, took down a few details about what had, what had happened to us and what we were doing during lockdown, a.k.a. this podcast. Yes. And then we sort of waited for a, a little while. So I was reading all of her stuff, which is wonderful, and you should go, all go out and read it because her, her writing is beautiful. And because I had the alert set up, bing, there it was in the afternoon after we'd been out for Sunday lunch. Yeah, uh, we had our photographs taken. We did, yes, that's um, interesting. We were told that with it being locked down, they would just come and do like a photograph on the doorstep. So when we found out the ph- photographer was coming, Elaine spent half an hour in the garden, tidying up the front garden. I was absolutely just knackered. <laughs> Hottest afterwards. day of the year, wasn't it? It was. I got a burnt neck and it was just horrible. But I thought, right, I've done it. It'll look nice on a picture. And then the photographer arrived and said, should we go in the back garden? Which we hadn't touched yeah. for months. <laughs> I think I'd given it a little run over with the with the lawnmower. Yeah, but it I'm not really too embarrassed about the state needed, of it. I think the state of the shed. If you have a look at it, you'll see that our shed is in need of a bit of a paint. And for ages, I've been saying to you, haven't I? If we won the lottery, the first thing I'd do is buy some paint for that shed. And everybody laughed at me. And now who's laughing? Just to be very clear, um, <laughs> I wouldn't. That wouldn't be the first thing I did if we were in the lottery. Would be now. <laughs> That shed, but he really did like our shed, so he thought it was like a focal point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had our, our photographs taken, and uh, it was and two two particularly unflattering ones have made their way onto the Guardian. When I start up my fitness Instagram, I've now got my before picture sorted. I think we, uh, all, I think we all have love. <laughs> um, it was quite surreal as well. I had some friends who don't follow me uh, on social media uh, sort of friends I went to school with who I've not spoke to for a few years got in touch and said oh god I've seen, seen you in the Guardian mm. um, they didn't know everything that had been on so it was quite nice to get in touch with them Yeah, and yeah I think it's I've not been to work yet so I don't know if anyone of them have spotted it because yeah. they don't actually know I'm doing a podcast no <laughs> so. I know and, and same here there's like people who have contacted me from work who don't know anything about the podcast mm. who had just turned the page in the Guardian seen as in G2 yeah. Our massive faces um, <laughs> all over J two and had got in touch instead of spotted you, spotted yeah. you in the garden. So yeah, it was it was it was really nice. It was a nice thing to do because it, we did it during lockdown when we didn't really have a chance to speak to many people. Mm. And I think poor Molly got the end of me just wanting to talk to someone for an hour. So I don't think she probably asked me any questions. I think I just gave her my life story. Well, I came down for lunch and mm. as I was making my lunch, the phone rang. So I was just playing with Blake and heard you talking to someone about our situation, which isn't unusual because we get a lot of new health professionals who just ring up just to understand the story from our mouths. So I just thought nothing more of it. And you were on for about a good hour. I was 
trying to mouth. Like, I was trying to mouth, The Guardian. Like, I was doing that and pointing at the phone going, The Guardian. But obviously trying not to let Molly know that I was being a plonker. So, yeah, you came through, and, yeah, afterwards, and like, we're going to be in The Guardian. Well, we, th- or we thought at that well, time. Yeah, because, we well, no, I think at this point we thought, well, it's not going to happen, it's is not it? Gonna happen. But... Yeah. And then we got a photographer sent to <laughs> photograph so our thought shed. thought it probably would be. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really good article, like, never mind us being in it. There are some um, really lovely stories. Really lovely stories. Um, I'd really recommend anyone to who's not read it just to go and look at it. It's on the Guardian website and app now. The Lockdown Lives Changes, six people on their 2020 transformations from giving up gambling to getting fit. We'll put a link in the show notes, because... The, the other stories really are worth worth a read and were, I found them really quite um, quite touching. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not really sure why we've got five copies of The Guardian in our back bedroom. No, neither do I now. Were you I... just acting out a 90s sitcom where yes. someone comes in bringing five copies of the paper? Yes. I just don't know. I just felt... Do you remember I jumped in the car as well? Like, it was as if our lives depended on it. I had to get out at, like... We knew it was going to be in print that day. Mm. So, I think it was 8 o'clock. I jumped in the car. Like, not, not that I did particularly speeding, but probably going a bit faster than I would do at 8 o'clock in the morning to our local, sort of, like, supermarket and bought five Guardians for no reason. We only needed one. We only needed one. And you can see it on the internet yeah. forevermore. But now I've got five copies of The Guardian. And then also I felt like I should go to like another shop and pick up some more. Do you know where they are? Um, Have you seen them since they came into the house? I can guess where they are. But maybe they'll just end up in like the loft. And in years to come, <laughs> Blake can find them and go, oh, look. There's me mum and dad in The Guardian. Oh, look, and there's the mum and dad in The Guardian again in the next one that hasn't been touched for... I hope there's some free Walt- Alton Towers tickets or something like that in there that we can yes. save tokens like, for, because we got that ones. nailed. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. I haven't read the rest of it either. I really should. Now I've got five copies of it. I wonder what happened in the news that day. Oh, in all seriousness, thanks to Mark Pinder, the photographer that came round, and Molly Blackall. Um, Who wrote it. Yeah, seriously, check out her stuff, because we've been we've really taken with reading her stuff. It seems like she does a, like a catch-up um, news for the US, the US. Guardian, mm. um, which I've actually had a look at a couple of times just to catch me up on what's happening yeah, it's throughout like, the it's world really news. Now, yeah, now, with the run-up to the US election, and she writes really beautifully, really accessibly, and like, her stuff's really great. So big big plug for, for Molly and her writing. Absolutely. Should we get on to what we've been watching? We're better. <laughs> watching television, watching television. So, Lovecraft Country. The big show of the week. The big Sky Atlantic, HBO, tentpole TV show. Uh, <laughs> My phrase. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this has been heavily advertised on Sky, but I've not had a lot of people talk about it. So, I'm wondering if ne- if people have necessarily picked up on this. Mm. I've just got out of the habit of watching new stuff. Yes. So, I think it's worth saying we've had an editorial conversation off air. If you haven't seen this and you are, have the ability to, if you've got Sky Atlantic on the Now TV Entertainment Package, go and watch this now. Because um, I think this is something that really benefits from knowing as little as possible. I knew quite a bit about it, but you knew nothing. I think you've got a lot nothing. more out of I it I didn't know this. cast, production, anything. I just knew that people were talking about it and you were very excited about it as mm. well. And also the people behind it, who we'll, we'll come on to talk to in a minute, yeah. talk about in a minute really piqued my interest so Mm. i knew nothing and that was perfect okay so yeah either go either pause it and go watch it now or skip on we'll put like the timestamp of the next thing we're talking about in the notes go on to that and then come back to it once you've watched it because this is this is one of my favorite first episodes i've seen certainly all year um we wouldn't want anything to spoil it yeah yeah right then now we got rid of them No one's or, or welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the latest show by J.J. Abrams. Mm. Uh, obviously lost uh, the Star Trek reboot. Yes. The Star Wars films I didn't like, to be fair. <laughs> but um, 
I'm sure he's fine about that. Yeah, I'm sure he's got bigger things on his mind than, than <laughs> my joy for Star Wars. And then the other producer is Jordan Peele. Uh, so Get Out and Us. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, Written by Misha Green. Yes, and I'm looking at your face because you want to make a joke. Every time I hear it, I think of Misha B from X Factor. Yes, yeah. I knew it, yeah. I knew it. There's always an X Factor joke, isn't there? <laughs> always a reference to X Factor. Yeah. And not like even like recent X Factor, sort of like mid-ranking X Factor No one watches well. recent X Factor. Yeah, all right. It's all about Jürgen Quinn or... Uh... <sighs> right, carrying on. Ben with the long hair. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're losing listeners yes. by the second. <laughs> yeah, the Canadian <laughs> listeners are tuning out. Yeah. Um, so this stars Courtney B. Vance. Wonderful Courtney B. Vance. Love him. Is this mostly down to Dangerous Minds? <laughs> no, although I'd forgotten he was in that because he's not in that particularly long. But I'm thinking of him in the latest O.J. Simpson drama. American the, Crime That was story. it. Yes, yeah. that was it. Um, because he plays Johnny Cochran, the lawyer. Oh, okay. And he's amazing. He's so charismatic in it. Yeah, Johnny, obviously Johnny Cochran, really charismatic. So yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking mm. of. But I, I love him. I think he's amazing. Uh, I think I'm going to pronounce this right. Journey Smollett. Mm-hmm. Um, who I saw in the Bird of Prey film. Which I didn't see. She's one of the highlights in it. She's really, really good in it. Um, it makes me, having seen her in this, it makes me want to go and watch that film now, especially if you're saying she's one of the, the best things in, mm. because she's such a compelling presence in this particular show that we're talking yeah. about, Lovecraft Country. And the lead is Jonathan Majors, who I'm guessing you don't know anything about. Nope. He's had quite the 12 months. Um, he was in, he was the second, second billion, but probably most memorable moments in uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Right. Which I watched coincidentally really recently. Yes, you did. I remember that. And then he is, he was also in The Five Bloods. Oh, so yeah. he's really, he's ticking all your boxes. Yeah, he's having a lovely time uh, <laughs> coming uh, this year, just being everything. Oh, so, amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a really, really brilliant actor um mm. he's so good in last black man in san francisco and he sort of changes he has a, quite a journey in the five bloods uh he plays the son of one of the characters okay um but yeah he's really really like transformative role for him in that as he starts off completely different to how he ends so <laughs> i don't know how far i don't want to go that far into no, it no neither do i but this is a period piece mm. 50s America. Uh, set in 50s America. Mm. Jonathan Major's character, who is Atticus Freeman. Yes. Lovely <laughs> name. So many like um, references to to fiction. Yeah. It's yeah, I love it. I think it's safe to say his dad has recently gone missing, and the three characters we have mentioned go on a road trip to, amongst other things, find out where he is. Yes. And stuff happens. And stuff happens. Yeah. And I think that probably plot-wise, mm. that's probably where I would I would stop. But I think we can talk about the themes because the characters that we are are, are living with and we're seeing, mm. I think it's really important to say they are black characters. Yeah, and and that is something that's really important to this show because we are clearly talking about segregated America, and we see that right from the beginning of this show. And this show very specifically talks about race. Absolutely, absolutely. They are on a road trip, and yeah, so you don't have to, it's a spoiler to, you can join the dots yes. there and, and yeah. what things that they get up to. Yeah. Then the reason why I said that people shouldn't listen to this before they've seen it, the last five minutes, it changes somewhat. Mm. And the, the, the 55 minutes you've been with it before aren't necessarily representative of the last five minutes. So I'm really interested to watch the next episode mm. in 48 hours. <laughs> and I'm dying to see what happens in that. Yeah. Because there is a huge change. I think it's safe to say this is one of the best looking shows I've seen. It just looks beautiful. It is stunning. Mm. Do you know what it reminded me of? And this might sound really reductive, right? It might sound really pathetic. But back in the day when we first started going out, we went to a Back to the Future um, like almost like a um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like um, they they made yeah. they made it look they made a car park look yes. like the set of Back to the Future. I can't like think of it's a, a word. That's almost, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And we went to watch the film, but also everyone dressed up in 50s gear mm. and you had the school and yeah, like I went to the loo at one point and there were people in a camper van ready to come out at the time <laughs> when the Libyans chased Doc Brown. And... Yeah, so it was, it was a secret cinema production, if you're yeah. aware of any of their th- things. And they took over a big, huge plot in the middle of the Olympic Village yes. car park. Because uh, the Olympics had only been sort of two years before there. Um, and they built Hill Valley. Hill Valley, yeah. Uh, the whole of Hill Valley. The, the, a life-size clock tower. Yeah. Um, to which they eventually, on the evening, projected the film on. But there was a couple of hours where you could just walk around. And they had people playing the characters. So we... We were walking around, um, they had little houses you could go into, and as we were walking out, the guy who was playing Biff just came out and started abusing a couple of people. And we went into a bar, fun- funnily enough. There is a bar that you can walk into, it was all set in 50s, obviously, for Back yeah. to the Future, but there was a, a secret, not secret tunnel, but yeah, there was a sort of hidden away tunnel that you could walk through, and you went to 80s bar, at uh, the 80s bar. So we went there. Yeah, and as we were walking through, the guy who was playing Marty was kissing the guy, the girl was playing Jennifer, just walked past them. Yeah, and they just, we just walked past them, and they were there, like, like, norm, like normal people in yeah. inverted comments. But yeah, and so, while this sounds a bit pathetic, watching Lovecraft Country and their production of the fiction which obviously is way more than that that production mm. we went to but it really reminded me of being in that environment and i think what i'm trying to say is we walked in real life we walked into the 50s yeah in the secret cinema and i felt like when we watched this i was walking back into the 50s again I, almost it was almost a little bit too too realistic because I spent the first five minutes going, where the hell are they filming this? Because it's just so authentic. Mm. And it just looks, it looks like a 50s, it looks like a 50s diner that they're in. It looks like a 50s, a 50s street, street that they're walking down. Yeah, the costuming, it's just, well, you know me and I love my yeah. 50s gear. I wanted to wear every single bit of clothing that they had in that show. I think it just looks Stunning, absolutely stunning. And Letty, the uh, Journey Smollett's character, wears some amazing dresses. Yes. I mean, she looks amazing all the way through mm. this. Um, I am, um, yeah. I was worried that you would weren't into this, so I'm quite surprised you come out as strongly as you have. Do you, Do you not remember that the entire way through this show, I was like clinging to you for dear life because I think we have to say that there are challenging moments in this production yeah. there are terrifying moments in this production there are some scenes of real horror and terror um it's diff- it's so difficult without like say yeah. saying things but we are talking about segregated america we're talking about the horrors of racism yeah. and that that really keeps when you're you're following a, a black family who are yeah it's courtney b vance's character uh, uncle george uh, is writing a guidebook for african americans traveling the country mm-hmm. uh, for safe hotels bars i think it's, i think it's originally called the green book mm. the, the thing that they actually like the published safe guide. at the time yeah. yeah and they i don't think it's a spoiler to say they get some information that might not necessarily be up to date and they visit somewhere where they are not made very welcome mm. um, and it's it's horrible yeah. it's just horrified the whole thing is horrifying and it's it's a slow burner as well it doesn't go away it's just it's creeping all the time and you fear for them you're scared for them so i came just going back to what i was in i came over and like laid on your chest and i thought you would feel my heart like pumping out of my at one point i was like can you feel it can you feel my heart because i was just so into this show Um, so i'm not disputing that but 24 hours earlier, you were criticising a simple plan for making you anxious and... Oh, I was, yeah. I don't, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't reconcile that. I can I can totally get what you mean by that. Because this did make me anxious, but... Yeah, I, I don't okay. know what what the difference is there. One I, I suggested, think... one... <laughs> yeah, one you <laughs> wanted me to watch, one I wanted me to watch, probably. Yeah. I... I love this show. I'm so excited for what goes on. I think I've heard a little bit too much in other people's reviews, which is why I think we're being deliberately quite oblique here. Yeah. Is oblique the word? I think so. If let's, not, let's fill in your own. Yeah. 
Guardian listeners have all switched off by now. So for me, like cast, tick, production, tick, you know, what more can you, direction, tick, what more can you want? So I would say I had a slight pick in that the very end, and I'm talking about the last five minutes where things aren't as they have been before. I don't think the visuals necessarily held up. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Um, yes. But I am happy to live with that. And see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you reckon... Did you like this though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I'm so happy that we've got a show to be excited about yeah. and to look forward to. You know, like back in the day, we, we, we are re-watching Lost at the moment, mm. but that was my, that was my show where... Every week, I looked forward to the next episode. I really wanted the next series to come quicker than it did. And, you know, I need a show like this in my life. Yeah. And I'm really glad it's here. Because Westworld, last series of Westworld, wasn't that. Oh, and that's what, yeah, Westworld Mm. was that show for me. It was, yeah, yeah, you're right. And now I've completely forgotten that because I was so disappointed by what happened with Westworld. So... I'm fingers crossed. I hope I haven't put it on too much of a pedestal because I'm worried now that I love it so much that, like episode two, if that like goes down a little bit, I'll be like, oh, yeah. So we just have to see, don't we? Yeah, yeah. But I think you can only judge it by what you've seen, and yeah, this is this is absolutely world class TV. I think it was wonderful. Mm. Right. Do you want to talk about? Because we just, this afternoon, finished the second series of The Race Across the World. Yes. Series 2, Race Across the World. Um, Worth saying, you were spoiled about it last night. (laughs) Yeah. So, really weird thing with having a podcast is that you put things out on your social media so that people know you've got a new episode. And we had done the we'd done the BAFTA special, yeah, where we learned about Race Across the World, and they won the BAFTA. So we decided then that we would watch Series One. We then put an episode out that talked about Series One, and I put all the hashtags like you do, Race Across the World. Mm. And we had a couple of people who were on Series One like those posts across our. our I'm going to use the socials again yeah. across our <laughs> socials, and we got really really excited. And then last night, middle of the night, the winner of Series 2, <laughs> who I will not name, the winner of Series 2 liked one of our earlier tweets that mentioned Race Across the World. And in their profile, it says, winner of Series 2 of Race Across the World. So there it was. It was there. And I think, was it something like, was it like four o'clock in the morning or something yeah. where I came in and you were asleep and I'm going, Mark, Mark. Don't look at Twitter. Don't look at Twitter. There's a there's a massive spoiler, so you you didn't go and look at it. So I knew who would won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we finished we finished series two this afternoon because mm. we no pun intended raced through um, the series because we loved it again. Right. Okay. I'm going to pick you up on that a tiny okay. bit. I think this this series was more difficult to get into than series one because we took a long gap between, say, watching episode three and watching episode four. Okay. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember we that. We did. Well, right. I mean, it's been two weeks since we started it, and yeah, oh, and it? we've watched three episodes in 24 hours. Oh, so, I haven't, I haven't yeah. realised that. Right, okay. And I think it's down to the first... Obviously, when you start any show, you don't know the character, you don't know the pairings, you mm-hmm. don't know the people involved. Mm-hmm. But in the first series, they're racing across Europe at the start, and so you can kind of... you can, identify with if you need to get to Greece you understand people might need to go through former Yugoslavia countries or they might go down to Italy and you can kind of work I can work that out in my head I can identify with those decisions and you've been to some of those places so you can say oh you just need to get that train along there and yeah yeah yeah. whereas if you're traveling through Honduras or Guatemala makes very little difference to me I don't understand it and so I think it took us a little time just to get used to the new pairings Having said that, by the end of it, I was totally buying into every single pairing on this. They're traveling through South America, gave them some challenges, I dare say. Yeah. Um, there is far more happens in this series and happens in season one. They get themselves in some situations where they, not through their own fault, no. but they need to get out of countries uh, due to civil unrest, mm-hmm. which didn't happen in the first series. I mean, there was one section on 
in the first series where they had to turn off the cameras and they kind of said, yep, this is what happened. We can't mm. film in there. But It was like in a jungle or something like that, wasn't it? It, it, yeah. was, uh, it was going through China in the first oh, part oh, of, of course China. It was. Sorry, I'm getting yeah. too confused. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think like the weather was also a little bit more extreme in this one as well. Yes. So there were c- certain parents mm. that really had bad luck with the weather and they were always getting absolutely soaked through or things were being flooded. And yeah. you really felt for them because the, the, the heavens would open you like, oh yeah, there they are. <laughs> um, but I, and I agree with you. It did take me a little while to, to warm to, mm. the, to the parents, but my, my... mainly because... I don't think they were the people from series one. Not that it was anything against those people. It's just I knew the people from series one so well and it felt a bit weird to be starting all over again. But by the end, like you say, you're you're absolutely in there. And my worry at the start of the season season two was that they'd done that thing that they did on Big Brother where the first series was just normal people and the second series, everyone seemed to have a story. Uh, so you've got two relationships, an uncle and a nephew. a nephew, who were quite close in age, or relatively close in age, but due to family estrangement, haven't talked to each other in quite a while and trying to reconnect. They've got a brother and sister who are feeling their relationship is getting quite strained. Um, you've got Jen and Rob. Rob recently lost hearing, mm. uh, virtually totally, you know, has a uh, an implant to help him hear. And that they felt the strains on their relationship, and you've got you've got Joe and Sam. Joe is uh, sorry. Joe is mother of Sam, mm. and Sam has got ADHD. Yes. Um. And I mean, Sam is the star of this series. I, just, I love that that pairing so much. Not that that I don't love the others, but yeah. you just you just feel so much warmth towards them. And I have cried buckets at certain things that have happened and things that they have said in this show um i found myself get having to go and get some kitchen roll and <laughs> just like totally in tears i just look at joe and the way that you know you can just see there's just so much love and so yeah. much care and that she's so patient with him and i think part of the reason i was like really crying when i was watching some of those scenes was like I I need to be like that. I want to be like that for our son who has additional needs. And just, you know, that you've got to be patient and you've got to be kind and you've got to be calm. And she just embodies all of those things and she boosts him. She mm. gives him confidence and she boosts him. And yeah, I, just, I cannot go on about them enough because <laughs> I love them. I think it's safe to say that if you've been following us on social media or even speaking to us in real life, we'll have been boring you with this totally TV show. Totally boring you with it, sorry. But if there is a chance that you've not watched this, just pop on, like, start with either series. Like, I would start with the first series. Mm. <laughs> I know yeah. that's not the most controversial opinion. Wow. I'd start with the first series, <laughs> then go on to the second. Well, you haven't said that. <laughs> One of our friends, who will remain nameless, started with the last episode of series two. As she told me the other night. And I was like, that's an interesting way of starting it. Not even the last last episode of series one, the last episode of series two. And she was like, oh, it's a bit strange. And I'm like, yes, it will be when you know the ending of the second series, like but David, you haven't seen any others. David Lynch style. <laughs> so, yeah, Nate, that's a good point. Start with the beginning and end yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm just maverick, man. <laughs> the way I watch TV. But yeah, go, go, and, go and watch this. Mm. It absolutely deserved the BAFTA. Um, it deserves all the accolades. I think it's up for a number of other awards now. We've been we've been looking today, haven't we? We went out on a walk and we were looking up all the all the social media that, of the people in it, and they were all saying that oh, it's up for this best constructed, best reality, and so we'll be voting uh, voting for it because just a wonder a wonderful show. And, and I think I said this um, the last time that we reviewed this. It's given me a real sense of wanting adventure again, and it's given it's it's made me. It's made me really think about what I want to do going forwards yeah. um, for all of us and for myself personally. And that's you don't get that very often with a show. You don't often get a show that really makes you think, actually, I want to do X, Y and Z. I'm going to experience new things. And particularly given what we've gone through in the last sort of 18 months, there was a time where I thought, actually, you know, I'm never going to leave the house. And that's just going to be my life from from now on. And it's wonderful to have that boost of adrenaline to go, yep, yeah, I'm going to try that and I'm going to do that. Can we go on a holiday to Mexico now then? <laughs> Mark's obsessed with going to Mexico. 
Because I'm not allowed. It's not that you're not allowed. It's, it's just that, that you not... don't want to go. Yeah, I wanted to go somewhere else instead. You... This is why we can never be on a show like this. Because you want to go to Vegas and stop there for <laughs> yes. a week. Yes. In the same hotel we That's stopped right. at the last two times. Race across Vegas. Oh, look, we're in Planet Hollywood. Oh, look, we're in Paris. I'll put back to Planet Hollywood for the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. Would win. Race, race across Las Vegas would totally win. Maybe. <laughs> We'd blow the budget on slaughters. That's true. It is true. And Starbucks. And Starbucks, yeah. We're really adventurous when we're there. <laughs> there's, a Starbucks, there's a Starbucks in the hotel. It's really easy. At two o'clock in the morning when you, you, you know, you, you're tired and you've got jet lag, you just want a bagel from Starbucks, really. <laughs> so you, so you, that's where you go. Anyway, enough about that. Yes. You've got one more thing to talk about, haven't you? Because you've been to the cinema again. I have. In preparation for Tenet mm. this week, uh, I went and watched An American Pickle. What a weird title. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> like, An American Pickle. Do you know anything about this? Does it involve a pickle? Sort of. Okay, no. So, this is um, a Seth Rogen film. Right. You know Seth Rogen. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm just... I so, don't. I don't really know that much about. I mean, I'm like, I don't really know that much about him, and I don't. I just don't think that I like his stuff, but I don't know why. Have you seen any of his stuff? Exactly. That's what I'm. I'm thinking. Have I seen any of his stuff? Oh, there we go. There's Elaine in a nutshell. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. So Seth Rogen plays a Jewish East European immigrant to America uh, in 1920. Um, he works in Brooklyn in a pickle factory. Oh, pickle, right. Yeah. For reasons, he falls in a vat of pickles just as the factory is getting closed down. He's You're not going... found again Are you going for to say 100 he's... years. Are you going to say he's pickled? He's pickled. And then he... <laughs> and then he, he is disturbed 100 years later. He's disturbed, is he? Yes. I'm disturbed. He, he is awoken 100 years later. From his pickle. From his pickling. And comes to life in... 2020 Brooklyn. Of course he does. Um, so this is largely... This is California man, Encino man in America. This is a Coming to America. This is Crocodile Dundee. Or so I thought. The part of the story is he connects with his great-great-grandson, who is also played by Seth Rogen. He's not a manual worker. He's an app designer. Um, he's single, lives in an apartment in Brooklyn. And I was expecting this just to be a fish-out-of-water comedy. Um, I expected it to be him walking around Brooklyn, commenting on how it's gentrified now and how it's full of hipsters and I really want to do a nobody goes, nobody wants to go to Brooklyn <laughs> joke. <laughs> just some, some insight. We, when we went to New York a few years ago, we went on an open-top bus tour. Yeah. We went on many of them, but there was one particular one. Yeah. It's very and, memorable. The woman who went there spent the entire time of us going across to Brooklyn talking about how no one wants to go to Brooklyn apart from just to look back at Manhattan Island. You don't want to go to Brooklyn. This is a terrible accent, but that is what should just all the way through. You don't <laughs> you just you don't want to go to Brooklyn. Yeah. Probably want to keep the tourists out. Like, yeah, but, it, yeah. But yeah, it was weird, but it's one of the things we really remember about that, that mm. trip. But he did actually want to go to Brooklyn in this in this film. Yes. Yes, so I thought this was going to be a mid, just a standard fish-out-of-water com- comedy. What it actually is, is the first third of this is a fish-out-of-water comedy. And he walks around in his 1920s gear and realises that people are still dressed like him because Brooklyn's full of hipsters. Fair enough. He's got his big beard. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's, it's, semi, it's quite insightful, quite entertaining. The second act is massive social commentary. It's this is the state of America now. This is what people in America become. This is how businesses take off. This is quite biting social commentary about what happens to in, in America in 2020. And then the final act is reflecting on people's religious views in 2020. Okay. And there, there is absolute gear changes between the three to the point where it's quite clunky. However, this film charmed me all the way through. I used to really like Seth Rogen. When he first broke through in Knocked Up, 
and uh, Superbad, which obviously wrote himself as well. I think he's such a personable actor. Um, he's really likeable. Even when he's a bit of a dickhead in Knocked Up, he's he seems fun and friendly. He seems like Fozzie Bear just shaved. Um, <laughs> and that's the best way I can describe him. Just big and daft and funny. And yeah. Um, and then he kind of got a bit up himself and started doing the interview and really bad comedies and gone out, this is him absolutely back to back to form playing two roles and it's largely a two-hander i mean the second uh, the second build actress is uh, sarah snook who plays shiv in succession oh yeah yeah, yeah. she's hardly in the film oh, okay. um that's she, a shame it, it's largely just a two-hander of mm. um seth rogan and seth rogan so it's a vehicle for him I wouldn't be surprised if he gets award nominations for this. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a comedy, yeah. which is why he might miss out, because mm. I think the awards season is quite snobby about comedy. Mm. He is so good in this. I came out really surprised that he didn't actually write this, because the sort of religious part of this seems so personal to him, and he's selling it so well. I didn't know he could act this well. He's charming. It's funny. It made me laugh out loud in a very... Very sparse cinema, which probably is <laughs> with your says mask a lot. On. Yeah, with my mask on. Sounding all bane. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I'm going to say something that I've never said before and probably will never say again on this podcast. Go on then. It's 88 minutes and it probably needs another 10 minutes. <gasps> Are you all right? I, I know. Have you had a long day? I know. I know. Are you still the man that I married? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Have you been pickled and come back? The final act, the, it needs something to tie it up because it kind of goes from kind of what seems to be a resolution I, I just wish it had an extra bit on the ending okay um but it, this is a lovely film it's really sweet but quite biting at the same time i think this has been on the hbo max in america oh, and obviously right. it's got a it's got a, a theatrical release over here because we don't have hbo max but yeah i really enjoyed this and i'm really glad that i'm getting back i've really got me in the mood for tenet yeah uh, yeah coming up soon although costa was closed in the audience i know you were really upset weren't you that the costa was the was shut it's a good job it was only 88 minutes otherwise yeah. i'd have been asleep i know yeah. <laughs> i'm a large black americano then uh, no i don't want the new beans thanks did you have some minstrels yeah I had minstrels yeah. oh good oh, i'm pleased yeah. i was worried for you then i had like a problem but did you have minstrels yeah. yes so yeah. We're going to watch another film now. Got chocolate buttons. We have got chocolate buttons. <laughs> yeah, ready for a Disney. A kid's film. <laughs> got to have chocolate buttons for a Disney. If I gave you a kid's film, you would turn your nose up at there. You That's did give me a I'm kid's saying. film. You gave me Inside Out. That's a kid's film, isn't That's it? That's not really a kid's film. Yeah, and you turned your nose up at it as well. I, I thought I did really well with that under very <laughs> difficult circumstances. Thank you very much. And we didn't have chocolate buttons that night, so maybe this is, you know, the turning point. No, fair, fair point, fair point. Right then, Robin Hood. 19... Not Prince of Thieves. <laughs> no. Although, knowing me, I probably would put that on if I had the choice. If you hadn't have seen it, it would have been played every week. Bit of, uh, bit of Kevin, bit of Brian Adams. What more can you want? Uh, but no, no Kevin, no Brian Adams. Just 1973, Robin Hood as a fox. Let's go. Let's go. From Walt Disney Home Video comes the summer's best Robin Hood adventure with everyone's favourite hero. It's Robin Hood, I want! Walt Disney's Robin Hood. Oh, he's so handsome. He's the cutest and foxiest Robin Hood ever. And kids got class. This summer, join the millions cheering him on. And give your family an adventure they'll never forget. Walt Disney's classic Robin Hood on video. Capture the fun today. What are we waiting for? Oodlally, oodlally. Golly, what a day. What a day. What a day. And what a film, Mark. What a film. Spoilers for Robin Hood, 1973, whilst Mark is thinking about what he's going to say about this film. I think I'd like to start off <laughs> by understanding understanding your connection with this film. Okay. So, film came out in 1973, but then it sort of went into the wasteland for, for a little bit and then was released on video on VHS in the early 1980s mm. and that's when obviously I came across it born in the 80s yeah. I came across it and had it on video 
and just loved it just absolutely loved it it then went off into the wilderness again and wasn't re-released until i think it was sort of the 2000s maybe well that's what disney did at the time Mm. so they used to put things release things for a short amount of time and then put them back in the disney vault um so they used to do that both in cinema and then when home video release came out on that it's only since like the advent of dvd that you've been able to go out and buy bambi at any time you want for example i think it was seen as one of the lesser disney's one of the lesser animations and there was trouble around the production which we'll probably come on to talk about a bit later mm. so for me it's the 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 forever thing with me as you know is it, the big films not really a massive fan of because everyone goes on about them. So I like the ones that are just a little bit off the wall and the, you know, <laughs> there's a running joke between us that I really like things that no one else loves. So I mean, that's a compliment, isn't it? <laughs> but like, if when we, we, we've rescued a number of animals and I will often go for the one that no one else wants because I want to go and rescue it even though it's in rescue and no one else from rescue wants to rescue it, I will rescue the least rescued one. I'm going to stop saying rescue now. Um, That's my so, Twitter bio, yeah, so yeah, anyway. I will rescue the one that no one else wants. But it's, I know it's like a proper in-joke with me and you, but it's the same with that. I, I often like films that no one else likes or are not seen to be the best examples of that type of film but also added on to that it's the robin hood story which i've always loved it's a bit like three musketeers i, mean, I it's love kind that kind of the robin hood story yeah i mean this is the robin hood story in its most simplistic form <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh mark's put his finger to his nose and he's thinking carefully about what he's gonna say next this isn't a good film i, I disagree i just dis- i disagree but anyway you you tell me what you think about it so this is this is economy class Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cut corners Disney. Yeah, and I understand. And I remember hearing that there was, like, the shots from the Jungle Book used in this. Did you spot them? Yeah. So the the snake coming down and doing the thing that's directly ripped off. Like, I did they use the same animation. Yeah, exactly the same. So, um, the little John in this is a bear. Mm, it is it's, blue. It's blue. Yeah, it's blue. And so it was the Jungle Book, the Aristocats. I don't know if you know that one. That was another one I'd, that I love. I've never seen it, but I've I'm, I'm aware of it. So that's another one that is lesser known, and mm. again is lesser loved. And that was 1970. So they used um, scenes from that, but also used like the dancing scene. There's a there's a, a particular shot in this where they're all dancing in the forest, mm. and they use dancing scenes from Aristocats. Mm. Um, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs and scenes from the Jungle Book and you can go on YouTube and people have put them side by side and it is uncanny it is just they've just put the the different characters over over the top and they're moving exactly the same way oh yeah it's the same scenes yeah so this was in economy class you're right it was Cut Corners Disney so this was probably did Walt Disney die mid 60s 66 don't know darling so I think uh, something like that, anywhere, um, and I think this probably would probably be one of the first productions after that probably started after his death because it'll okay. take some time for yeah, them to yeah, be. Yeah, I suppose so. Assembled. Well, this started when they were doing the Aristocats, so it was yeah. around about all all in the early seventies. I've got some notes. Have you? Yes. We haven't done notes for ages. No, no. It's been a long time since we've ever had notes. Because I don't think there's much to say about the plot. It's just, it's 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 Robin yeah. Hood stripped back. Yeah. But with animals. Oh, um, like my favourite thing about this. I knew you would come out and say it's not particularly great. It is, you know, one of the minor Disney's. But my favourite thing about this is when it, the film started and all the animals came out. <laughs> your your little face lit up because you love like. Animals that are like people. It's the fact, it's the credits, it's Robin Hood, a fox. And then wait a couple of seconds, and then the person who did the voice comes underneath. <laughs> like Prince John, a lion. Again. Yeah, yeah. Says <laughs> a snake. Lady Cluck. Lady Cluck. Lady Cluck. Lady Cluck is one of my favourites. Lady Chicken. in Waiting, yeah. I need to talk about that opening sequence. Okay. Because I thought I knew nothing about this. Mm. However, I was wrong. So the whistling intro, yeah, 
Yes. <laughs> Is that what you call whistling? No, well, I, I mean, I could whistle it better, but okay. yeah, anyway. It, but it's more, a, it's more a blowy whistle yeah. than anything oh, else. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. Don't be defensive, it's just a whistle. So you know how I know that, right? Is, was it on a, some sort of um, commercial? No, no, no. It was one of the very first internet memes. That's what I meant, that's what I meant. Yeah. I looked something up on Wikipedia earlier and it said something was on a commercial and something was a meme. Which okay. was like the hamster dance. Oh. So like probably when maybe late nant probably in the late nineties, possibly two thousand, there was an like an animation of hamsters doing that song. Oh, okay. Which I had no idea was from Robin Hood, although coming back I'll come back to that. Um because I did, because at uni one of the girls we lived with was from Nottingham or around that part and worked in Sherwood Forest as Maid Marian. <laughs> and she told me when when this... Because it was released as a single, like a dance single. Was it? Um, it and she said, oh yeah, it's from... It's, I remember saying it's from Robin Hood, but I had no context of this being the Disney song. I sing that all the time when I'm cooking. Do you? Yeah, but... I sing the speeded oh, up you, version. You sing like a that is, yeah, that's that the is hamster the dance. Yeah, mm, good. So, yeah, that caught me out by surprise. <laughs> Why does every rooster have a southern, uh, like a deep South American accent? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Like when I'm watching it, like Alan Adele is the rooster and he's the travelling musician, which I, I love. That's one of my favourite characters is, is the, the rooster. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. It is Foghorn Leghorn. A little bit. But doesn't he sound a bit like Matthew McConaughey as well? Yes. Yes, yes Mark. Don't well, he it just got a deep South accent. I was, I was like casting all of them. I as, see, yeah. I see. Because they're going to do a live action remake. Of course they are. Of course are they, they are. Are they actually doing that? Yeah. They, this, yeah. I mean, I don't think so, anything's particularly been announced. But... Is it, when you said live action, is it, Oh. Lion King live action, or is it Mulan live action? You know action? how I struggle with this? We talked about this in After Work Drinks, yeah. didn't we? And I just, I, I don't really know the difference half the time. I don't know is the answer. Is Robin Hood going to be a fox? I don't know, Mark. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. My next note is, badgers don't look like that. He's a large badger. He doesn't look like a badger. So, this is Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck is... Uh, Friar, Friar Tuck, Tuck, a badger. badger. But originally, he might not look like a badger because originally he was a pig. And they said that they they couldn't make him a pig in the end because that would be offensive to the church. Oh. He, he was better than, as a pig. <laughs> I'm not good, no. See, I have, I have nothing to add here other than he was going to be a pig. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. But anyway, he's fine talk. Next one is, do rabbits find foxes attractive? Because... Robin Hood visits a family of rabbits and the girl rabbit says, oh, he's so hunky or something like that. Oh, I don't think we he's should so discriminate. He's a predator of theirs. You shouldn't <laughs> find him attractive. You should be running. Maybe she likes, like, no. Bad boys. <laughs> so what are you going to say? I was. I was. No. No. Well, you know, women are attracted to vampires, so... Uh... Are they? What's that from? From Twilight, like the full book oh, Twilight. Oh, sorry, you went off on a tangent there. I couldn't follow you. And True like, Blood, what? you know, like um, yeah. Mm. Next one is I love animals in disguise as other animals. There we go. There we yeah. go. More more animals as animals. Animals dressing up as like other animals. No, no, no. But quite often in this, animals dress up just put on a fake wig and a mustache, and that's like uh, not really interested. But animals dressing up as different animals, because Robin Hood dresses up as a stork in this. Yes. With little stilts, with little spindly legs. Always down for that. That gives it an extra half star. Oh, good. I'm really pleased. It's up to half a star. Oh. This film has an obsession with underwear. Yeah, they're often running like at speed. Yeah. And they lift their dresses up. Because mm. often Robin Hood and Little John are, um, are running through the forest, as the mm. song goes. And they're often dressed as women. And also, most of the women as well are have bloomers, flashing like pantaloons, big, big yeah, bloom, big spotty bloomers. Yeah, they love it, and they also love a large bosom. Yes. Like every every time they dress up as a woman, it, the the woman has a, a gigantic bosom, and also Lady Cluck has one that's like down by her ankles, and things fall into it. Yes. people grab it. 
yes. This, yes. They're not putting this, coins yes, in. Yeah. They're always jiggling At one point, about. Robin Hood feels Little John's yes. chest. Yes. Yeah. Inappropriate. Weird. Halfway through the film, mm. before they get onto the Prince John song, Right, yeah. There is a... The phony king of England. There is a song which seems to be by Katie Melua. Oh, Love. The so- the I'm not going to sing it because it's, it's, it's horrific and I yeah. will murder it even more. But it's when Robin Hood and May Marion are in the forest and the fireflies are up and it's all about being young and when we were young... Probably. Only the young. Yeah. <laughs> not Please stop mentioning X Factor. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, God, who sang it? Oh, you're asking me. I don't know. But anyway, it, it didn't win. Do you know what won? 1973. Oh, 1973. You're pretty good at stuff like this. It was a... Fe- well, I'm going to say a big film. It's not one I've watched, but I know of it. Okay, so it's And not... the, the film, the song, is the title of the film. It's, it's, it can't be a Bond theme, because... No. Because no, Skyfall was the... No. Spectre was the first no. one. I th- I'm, I'm going to make a fool of myself here, but I think it's a Streisand. Is it Yentl? <laughs> no. It's The Way We Were. That's a Streisand, isn't it? I don't, I've never. Well, I've heard of it, but I've never. I think it is. Yeah. Let's move on quickly. I, I know the song. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a better song than this. Uh, and then my final thing is Friar Tuck in the jail cell writing Forgive Them All on the wall. It's pretty dark <laughs> as he's about to be executed. <laughs> So I'm really glad you brought this up because when I was younger and I watched this, the scenes of them all in the jail really like affected me. So my favourite, Alan Adele, when he's like giving you the next sort of narrative and yes. then you the, the, the film shows you him and you're meant to think that he's just like wandering through the village, but actually he's then in prison mm. and he's all chained up and he's got like a ball and chain. And all of the children have balls and chains. The old folks, like the old owls, they're all, and like the mice are looking for crumbs to, to eat. And it, I got really, like, honestly, as a child, I found it a bit much. So I get what you, I get where you're coming from with that. I found it was quite dark, quite a dark turn. It's got a bit of social commentary in it. I mean, not like, American pickle, but it's it does have some sort of about you know about the poor and about taxing the the poor and I that's what I took out of it as a child as well is this idea of not being greedy and making sure that you you are kind to people. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like there was a there was a little story there for children. I think it wouldn't necessarily affect me, but um, yeah, I can I can understand why as a kid that mm. yeah yeah I mean I was scared of. Moon cat, yeah. jump in. So. You've been moon cat. Don't ever look up moon pat. Moon, moon pat. Don't ever look up moon cat. People at home. It's a weird thing that Mark made me watch the other night. It scared me as a kid, like when he jumped from thing to thing. Anyway, it, 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 it jumps through time or something. No, he just jump. He just whooshes from room to room. Yeah, but he doesn't even jump, doesn't he? They just go. Woo, woo, yeah, and in my mind, they did more than I actually saw on the YouTube clip that we watched. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that it was wasn't more at least effects driven. <laughs> What's your next note? No, that's it. That's is all that my it? notes. Is that yeah, all... that is literally all my notes. Right. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really cheap. That's the problem. But like, don't all at that time do? No, no, no. Bambi looks a f- hundred times better than this. Okay. There's like there's little things which I noticed, which I don't know whether it's just the fact that this story did not a- attract me at all. But when Prince John is on the throne, within five seconds, at one point his hands have rings full of stones, and then the next minute they're gone, and then they're back again. Then he's got three rings, then he's got one ring, then he's got no rings, and... Like stuff like that, it's just sloppy. Probably Walt Disney was turning in his cryogenic <laughs> chamber. No, I think the voice cast are excellent. I think they do a really good job. Okay, I, I won't disagree with that. Peter Ustinov, Terry Thomas. I think the the cast are great. I think Robin Hood is really charming. You know, I just don't think this is a bad film. I don't think it's the best of the Disney's, but I think for a one hour twenty minute. Disney animation that has a lot of charm, a lot of heart to it. I think it's a, a fairly decent attempt. And the dance scenes are nice and the, the village scenes and 
I say I use the word nice. That's not good, is it? It's nice. I mean, it's still an over exaggeration. <laughs> but a lot of people. Are... Well, I wonder if because I've seen a lot of really good reviews, sort of four star type reviews, which I know you're going to disagree with. And I wonder if it is that if you were a child of the eighties and you saw this when you were younger, you just ha- it has a place in your heart that you sort of warm warm to. Does that make sense? Oh, that yeah, sort of totally. You're looking back on it with those sort of spectacles. Absolutely, totally. I mean, the difference is I would never make you watch Masters of the Universe, the movie. <laughs> I'd watch it. It's got Skeletor in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you E-Man. Know, do you know who plays, you know plays Skeletor and Oh, it's not E-Man. some sort of wrestler or something? No, 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 no. No, no, I, I feel like I should. So He-Man is Dolph Lundgren. There we go. It's nearly, it's the same. And kind of. Skeletor is Frank Langella. <gasps> oh, we might have to watch it then. I love Frank Langella. <laughs> anyway, on the shortest of our date nights, what are you going to give it? I think... Please don't just give it half a star. I don't think it deserves half a star. I mean, I'm not convinced. So, no, I don't... It's It can't be... Can't be higher than two stars. That's fine. I just think half a star is... It's not a half a star film. No, because it's inoffensive. Yes. It's it's badly made and it's not very interesting. But we did laugh. We did laugh. And it, I think it has a charm to it. So, you, you might not agree with that. So I'm... Okay, right. I'm going to put an asterisk next to this. Mm. I think it's a one and a half star film. But I think the things that make it one and a half stars makes... I'd, this comes down to I'd rather watch a one-star film than a two-star film. Because a one-star film you can laugh at, whereas I think a two-star film is just bad. So, okay. yeah, one and a half stars. Fine. Well, at least we've ticked that box in your in the Disney canon that you've not seen. Yeah. So you've done it now. Yes. It's done. I mm. can sing the songs to you. And apparently you know them already. I'm going to play Hamster Song as soon as it's finished. <laughs> Please don't. It's going to be the music to go out with the podcast with. No, it won't be, because I'm editing this week. So we're not we're not nominating one for next week. No, we're not. How weird. Mm. For those for anyone who's missed it, um, we are not going to be nominating each week, because with work and doing other things, we can't commit to doing date night every single week. No, um, it's getting a bit too much. Yeah. I think we... Um, if you've missed it, there's a new show that came out a couple of days ago mm. that is called After Work Drinks, which is going to be one of our one of our new shows that we do every now mm. and again. And that uh, it's entitled An Important Announcement, and it has more information about the changes that we're making to the podcast. I think we'll do them probably most weeks. It's just, um, I think the problem is we just can't get them out at the same time as the normal show. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of sort of overheads from yeah. us for time wise it, it means we can sort of skip a week if we need to it means we can sort of watch it mid watch film midweek, mid-week and we're not yeah. we're not committed to getting it out on a monday Absolutely. um so yeah um yeah. but what we'll do is we when we do it and i think we'll probably will do one like it'll come out probably middle of next week will it not yeah yeah yeah, it will. I'm not too sure about no, that. No, because one. we'll do. We'll, we'll, especially we've got a bank holiday weekend next weekend, so yeah, we've got a longer weekend. Quite busy. This really probably isn't a conversation we should be having on the no, podcast. No, no. Anyway, it will just appear. Yeah. In in your, <laughs> I know you hate the word podcatchers, but I'm going to use it in your podcatchers of choice. Yeah. They'll just appear. So now is the time to subscribe because <laughs> we won't be sort of putting them out just on a Monday. Mm. Sub- subscribe so they can just land. And as we said on After Work Drinks, which came out a couple of days ago, if date night's one of your favourites, you can skip all the rest. You can just go straight to date night. Or if actually you really couldn't care less about date night um, and Mark's very cruel interpretation of one and a half stars for Robin Hood, then you can just have a go of any of the other other bits that we talk about but please listen to every podcast that we do <laughs> and rate us five stars <laughs> and tell your friends <laughs> thanks for listening everyone we're going to go now before we beg anymore absolutely thanks a lot thanks see you, a lot. Lot. See you Bye. later never ever thinking there was danger in the water they were drinking they just guzzled it down 
Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse was a watching them and gathering around. Before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time.